Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Hello and welcome here to the Husker Online postgame live show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Stephen Sippel. We're live here downtown Lincoln, Husker Online offices, postgame show, uh, Nebraska 49-14. Losers today at the hands of Oklahoma. Uh, drops to one and three on the season. Um, just got all our content up on HuskerOnline.com. Make sure you get on Husker Online. Check out Steve Sipple's post-game column, Robin's Five Things You Learned. My final takes and grades are all up, so get on Husker Online. Check out all of that. Uh, we've got a great special reminder going on right now over the coaching search. Get an entire year of Husker Online for $10. Uh, check it out. But uh, let's get to the game, guys. Um, we got a lot of people online already um, starting up here on the show. 49-14, and, you know, Sip, it felt good for about five minutes. <laughs> and yeah. then – Dylan Gabriel's 61-yard run, it never felt like Nebraska was in that game again at that point. Not really. I mean, if, if they were, it was only for a few more minutes. Uh, this is a tough one. Now, I think, I mean, the theme, if we, if we just start off with a big picture type theme here, me and Rob were talking before the game, and I, I think a lot of people, including me, I got swept up in sort of the emotion of the moment of Mickey Joseph being the interim coach and the impact that might have. have. I mean, Rob, we're in, in Sean, we were talking about a cloud being lifted last Sunday when Trev Alberts announced the firing of Scott Frost and that cloud would enable maybe the players to play with, a, I don't know, with a little less, uh, I don't know, weight on their shoulders. And that would make a huge impact. And Hey, come on. I mean, most, most, most people, predicted a close game. I, the last thing I'd say on that is two Oklahoma media members. I don't mind saying their names. I don't think they'd mind me saying Dean Blevins. You know who Dean Blevins is, Sean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dean Blevins is the sports director for one of the Oklahoma City. Former quarterback. Yeah. A former one, sports director for one of the Oklahoma City television stations. He thought Nebraska would win the game. Barry Trammell is uh he's been at the daily he's basically you in oklahoma yeah he's been the <laughs> better writer uh the, he's been at the daily oklahoman for 31 years and he 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 thought this game would be close nebraska's always been close last 13 games they've lost by an average of 5.8 points last 13 losses i should say last 13 losses has, have been by an average of 5.8 points and in those 13 losses they never lost by more than nine here we are here we are. They got beat 49 to 14. Let's explain it. Robin, what do you got? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those deals where for those first few drives, I think, I know I was asking myself like, well, what's going on here? Like what, what is happening? Like right. uh, I didn't think that there was any way that uh, the, the changes made in the span of a week would all of a sudden fix all of Nebraska's problems. But for a couple drives, it looked like it did. They were phenomenal on that first drive. Uh, they look like uh, the picture perfect version of what this football team could be on both sides of the ball, opening with a three and out stop, and then just marching right down the field on a beautiful touchdown drive. And all of a sudden, the crowd was 100% dialed in. The players were showing more emotion than we've seen from them in a long time. Uh, and it looked like suddenly it was all coming together. Then, like you said, Sean, Dylan Gabriel busts down the sideline. That side was a third down run. For 60, 61-yard run. And it was almost like you could hear the air coming out of the balloon where uh, it was one of those deals where, well, it was fun where it lasted. And then then the onslaught happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> credit to Brent Venables for taking his foot off the gas because that thing could have been a whole lot uglier than it was. And it was already pretty okay, darn ugly. So that, that was a third and seven. Yep. I'm looking at the play sheet right now. 61-yard run at that point. And that was their first third down conversion of seven yards or longer all season. And that's not J.C. Watts. I mean, that's – you guys don't know. You know too young for that <laughs> reference, aren't you? Um, that's not Thomas Lott. How about Thomas Lott? You recognize that name? How about the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals? 
Oh, Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler that? Murray. Yeah, okay. yeah there you go. that's not Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's not that. All right. Yeah, I guess right uh, yeah for the younger generation. That's Dylan Gabriel. Who's not real fast, but yeah, he got loose. Mm-hmm. You know, like Sean said, third and seven. O'Shawn Mathis rushed up field, kind of created a lane, not hanging on O'Shawn. Tommy Hill. There's got to be there. There's got to be somebody there to clean up that mess, and there was nobody there. He just kept running. Mm-hmm. Again, not that fast either. Gabriel's not a real fast guy. Fast so enough. Let's yeah. break. I'm going to break down some of the numbers. Oklahoma in this game had 580 yards of total offense. They had over 350. It was 355 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you break it down over the fi- the last six quarters at halftime at that point, Nebraska's defense had allowed 998 yards. Mm. Uh, there are over 1,200 yards allowed now in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big plays, um, and, and they do a good job of tracking these on these um, – play sheets for Nebraska. Nebraska allowed six passes of 15 yards or more, uh, 25, 24, 25, 38, 31, 15 yards. Then they allowed nine <clears throat> runs of 10 yards or more, 61, 25, 15, 16, 21, 11, 31, 15, 13. And that was essentially, then they called the dogs off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma could have hung 84 points on Nebraska. Oh, easy. Could they have? <laughs> that might be right. Maybe. 70 for sure. Well, you also yeah. got to take the fact that all the missed throws – Gabriel had. I mean, he missed a lot of wide open receivers early on, and I don't know if they directly kept points off the board, but uh, I mean, those are a lot of plays that should have happened that didn't. It had the throw been on target. So, uh, like I said, Nebraska should consider itself fortunate that it only gave up forty nine points because yeah. that thing could have been a whole lot worse. I go back to last week. I go back to last week when Georgia Southern, you know, they, they had six hundred forty two yards of total offense, and they moved up and down the field with ease. They punted one time. Now it, it was I. I mean this. It was almost like a lot of people literally forgot about that game. I'm, I was startled. The this page week. turned quickly. The page turned incredibly quickly. Now I, I I'm in. I guess I'm in that crowd because I predicted Nebraska would lose 38 to 31. And you know I figured though I wrote I did write that you know I just don't trust the defense, but. The fact that a lot of people were were thinking they could hang close, it it shows you there there's a, there's a level of delusion that's a little troubling. Hope. Okay, okay, hope's a good word for it. That's probably a better. That's probably a nice euphemism for delusion. Uh, <laughs> well, the spread was only ten or ten. And that's a half, true, yeah. and it was three and a half before Frost got fired. So okay. the number jumped quite a bit. Um, once the news happened in we in Lincoln on Sunday. Well, here's the deal, Sean. What, what we want to address here, I think, I don't know what people are asking, but what do you do with this defense going forward? Mm-hmm. Like, does just more one-on-one or ones versus ones tackling? I mean, is that is that going to solve the problem? I will say, like, early on, I thought the open field tackling was <clears throat> better for those first couple drives, but then as soon as uh, the tide started to shift. You started to see them revert back to their old bad habits where they were missing run gaps. They were taking poor angles on the ball carrier. And then they were just flat out missing guys when they had them wrapped up in their arms. And so, like, what can they do to fix that part of it? Or is it just a matter where the coaches have done what they can no. and the players just – it's it's up to them. No, no, no. You, never, no. you can keep coaching, Sean. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us cover what miles farmer yeah uh, that's what i was gonna get to miles farmer in the post game had Uh, kind of some damning comments rough Um, you know and it was a huge to me shot at the defensive staff or frost or whoever you would want to point it at but said that you know we just started basically tackling in practice it's hard to be ready to be a physical tackling team um he said we've been tagging off for for four four years. years well and and you know but to defend that a little bit you know, a year ago they held, they held Michigan State to no first downs in the second half, and Kenneth Walker, the nation, they leading, played pretty good defense last. Kenneth year. Walker, the nation's leading rusher, had his worst game of the season against Nebraska. So, I I don't know if it was how they've practiced more of guys more guys aren't ready. Like when you look at this defensive group, they have a lot of guys that haven't been ready for what they've seen, and 
Um, they've got some deficiencies. It's clear whether it's tackling, whether it's physicality, pass rush, all of it. I mean, it, uh, yeah, there's they, just deficiencies on this defense. And boy, you took. I mean, we said this last week. You take for granted JoJo Doman and mm-hmm. Stilly and just the steadiness that those players brought. Cam Taylor, Briss, second round pick. Deontay Williams. Yeah, Markel Smith. I mean, they. I, I think we almost underestimated how much those guys leaving meant. I guess, Sean, but as you have pointed out to me, what people are going to say right after you say that, some people are going to say, come on. Well, uh, jo- were- Josh Josh goes, and I'll, I'll put Josh's comment on the screen. He goes, so it takes seven super seniors to win three games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Yeah, he was, I <laughs> Thank was just going to say, people are going to point out they won three games. <laughs> Thank you. I'll yeah. drink to that one, buddy. Thank you. That yeah. That is – you put me on blast and that that's ah, but it's not that's not completely fair. But they I played mean, good defense. Yeah, they did. Year. It wasn't the defense that they, they lost all those games. Right. They didn't lose 49. special teams and offense were more the issue. They didn't right? lose mm-hmm. 49 to 14 to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um they, they they stayed in I mean it's almost um like it's um you you almost can't bring up Frost's name anymore, but Frost but I mean people are really rough on him, but Frost said last year if you think about it the defense had Nebraska in position to win all but a couple games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it wasn't the defense last year. So, which by the way, makes this all a little bit more perplexing. I know. Rob, you didn't see this coming defensively. Sean, you didn't see it coming. I didn't see it. Who saw it coming? Nope. Who who in the offseason was saying not to this level? Yeah. Like you knew there 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 was a chance there could be a drop off, given the fact that they lost all those super seniors and they lost a bunch of starters and key core pieces of that defense and so yeah there's the, the potential for there to be a drop up for them to be this bad is for who me who, who was saying that who was saying it nobody i didn't hear anybody yeah yeah and like you look at certain things like the inside linebacker play like mm-hmm. i did not think that would be an issue at all given right. what they returned at that position the cornerback play i mean you do lose cam taylor Britt, but i thought quentin newsome and what we all we heard about tommy hill Oof. i thought that those were going to be two solid perimeter guys and they've been man really bad and so yeah. like i mean those are supposed to be some of the strengths like who would be the of the MVP defense of the defense right now i mean i i have a hard time like in the days when nebraska football was kind of more on track on a bye week we'd sit down and be like we're gonna give out our bye week awards you know? okay who else let's, let's, let's like, lock in on that who would you i mean like, the only guy that's made any plays is garrett nelson but i mean he recovered a fumble today. He had a couple sacks last or two weeks ago or a sack. I don't know, whatever. But like nobody else is making plays. And Marquise so Buford had a couple picks. Buford is last there. Week. Buford might be the defensive top guy right now. But man, you want to talk years. about poor safety tackling. He's right up there with with Farmer. I mean, some of the angles they're taking are yeah. bad. Yeah, Farmer, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to bite my tongue. Um, the, the They... Um, it's hard to it's hard to pick a defensive MVP MVP it is. right now. It yeah, is. I would use that term very loosely. Yeah, I mean, come on, they're they're playing historically. I, I I'd say they're playing historically bad like, defense. Right this now. is, is, that, as, is that this is on far? par with 2017. Historically bad. Yeah, in 2007. Historically so we're bad. Diaco Cosgrove. I mean, this is on that level, if not worse. Um, 07 was interesting because they played so many great offenses that year. It was a Good that was point. one right. of the best offensive years in the Big 12's history. Yeah, now we're talking about Northwestern and Georgia Southern, North Dakota, torching Nebraska, North Dakota defense. going 16 yeah. plays on you. And 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 I want to remind people here, Oklahoma, these writers, these media, these media people before the game were really tempering that sixth rank, that national ranking of number six by Oklahoma. They're not that you know they'd say they're not that good. They don't have. They had one preseason All Big Twelve player. Now it's their punter. How I mean, was Mims? Won. Nothing. Yeah, no, he was the best player on the field. Well, it shows you that the Big Twelve must have some really yeah. good receivers because Marvin Mims was was easily the best player on the field. Those two returns, an eighteen yard punt return early and a thirty four yard punt mm-hmm. return, set him up pretty well. He also had four catches, uh, big play catches. Uh, but no, he wasn't. But guys, he wasn't preseason All Big Twelve. Yeah, and they, so they're not. Guys, Kansas State had six preseason All Big Twelve players. That's not a vintage Oklahoma team that had its way with Nebraska. Oh, and fifteen new starters. Yeah. So that's a team that was ahead of Kent State seven three at halftime last week. Okay, they were ahead. Of, they were ahead. What was the halftime score today? Thirty. 35-7, Okay, it could have been worse. Oklahoma was ahead 35-7 to seven at halftime in Lincoln. They were ahead 7-3 to three against Kent State 
last last week at halftime. It's okay? unbelievable. Okay. That's what we're dealing with here. I mean, there's a reality. I think a lot of fans understand it now. I do think a lot of fans understand the reality. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska, I mean, they were talking about talking about who who is the worst team in the Big Ten. I think there's not even an argument. It's Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, it's yes, Indiana's yeah. like maybe the only other or Northwestern. Which beat Nebraska. Well, and, right. and let's zone in on the offense today, too. I mean, their play put the defense in the positions they were in as well. I mean, the offense went 12 consecutive possessions without points. Oh, okay. They scored on the opening possession of the game. Good stat, Sean. And they went 12 in a row with nothing. And there was a critical stretch in that game, a five-play stretch where the offensive line allowed a second down sack, a third down sack, and then a, it was three sacks over five plays. Mm. And at that point, I, I felt like the first drive of the game – Venables like I'm just gonna feel out what we we got here. Let's let's let Whipple be Whipple, and we're gonna let them do what they do on their script. But then we're gonna settle in, and we're gonna just bring six people every time, maybe seven, because we know you can't stop it. And we're just gonna engulf Casey Thompson. We know we're gonna get to him because he's not a big guy. He's not real physical. He's not super athletic. So we're just gonna bring the house. And it worked. I mean, when when they wanted to bring the heat, Nebraska had no answer. Well, they, they saw it with the offensive line, too. I mean, yeah. obviously, Teddy wasn't exact. Prohaska wasn't playing great football, but, I mean, he was their number one left tackle. And you move him from the equation, that shakes up a lot of things, where you got Turner Corcoran bouncing back outside. You have Kevin Williams making his first start as a Husker, taking over at left guard. And then Ethan Piper, who forgot was even on the team all of a sudden is playing significant reps as the as the number two left guard and so that that left nebraska's o-line as kind of this hodgepodge makeshift unit and it looked like it uh you know the, the running game especially early on when it mattered was non-existent um and then the pass protection was as worse as we've seen it now to be fair oklahoma's pass rush is probably as good as they're going to see all season just with the athletes that they I had to block so. I, yeah, one on one. Be careful with Michigan. that, Rob. I mean, they're, they're going to play some teams now. I'm just I saying, mean, look at the, Michigan's a higher ranked numbers. Team. Michigan yeah. and Wisconsin. Oklahoma's, and, and Oklahoma's top three nationally in sacks. And yeah, they for did loss. against UTEP and Kent State. So I, I mean, in Nebraska. So I, I don't know. Wisconsin's no, Rob. I, Rob, game. don't get me wrong. I like they're good. I wrote that Oklahoma's really they're good. They're good off the edge. And the thing that you have to add to that discussion is. They have one of the best defensive coordinators in the country as their head coach. Mm -hmm. And he's he's renowned for his blitzes, for his blitzes. He's got a great blitz package. Now, I don't think they're doing anything exotic. I don't think they have They're just bringing heat. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Now, they'll – but think about it. They're going to play some teams later on that will get after the quarterback. Well, when Adrian was here, people didn't blitz like that because he could outrun your blitz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today, that was not the case. I mean, they're like, we're bringing the heat. Oh, boy, and it got rough. Yeah, it got and, rough. And I think that's the blueprint you're going to see. Teddy Prohaska, by the way, if you missed the news post game, uh, Mickey Joseph did confirm that Teddy <clears throat> Prohaska out for the year with a shoulder injury. And I talked to Teddy's family pregame. They were down on the recruiting sidelines, and uh, Teddy's dad, Jeff, said his knee's okay. The knee brace he was wearing saved his knee. Like, the knee brace basically broke. Uh, he, he, uh, he was wobbly Whoa. getting off the field on that knee, Yeah, but it was his shoulder on the play. Mm. So he's going to have full reconstructive shoulder surgery now. Right shoulder. Done Man. after this week. or I mean, he might have – I don't know when, when he's set to go. Um, so he had Corcoran at left tackle, Kevin Williams at left guard, and Mickey Joseph postgame says we might see some new faces out there. We saw Ethan Piper, mm-hmm. and we'll get the full pro football focus numbers um, – you know, later here tomorrow on Husker Online, but it will be interesting to see if, you know, the breakdowns on the snaps and, and what, what they could possibly change, Robin. Mm-hmm. I know that they keep working in Henry Lutovsky too at right guard um, with Brock Bando. I don't know what improvement or drop off there was with that substitution, but you just got to wonder what other options they have uh, that they haven't already tried, especially now where, you know, Turner Corcoran is now going to have to be your left tackle for the rest of the season. Hunter Anthony could play. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's an option. I mean, he's played in those, those heavy sets. So, I mean, he's got game experience here to, to some degree. Grant Banks. Mm-hmm. Banks. I'm just throwing names out. Yeah. I'm not saying this has happened. I'm yeah, not throwing no. other options. No, those are options. But what I'm saying is they, they got to figure some stuff out here. Finding that 
top combination now on that offensive line is absolutely critical because if they block like that for Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson will not make it through the rest of the season. I mean, he got beat up today. Uh, and the targeting uh, kind of put it over the top, but I mean, he was getting roughed up. He yep. was getting not only just the sacks, oh, he did get getting hit up. after throws yeah. and just you know, run for his him life. Pretty early third quarter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Chuba came in and played okay. He showed good, he showed good mobility. Yep. He he looked faster and more elusive than I thought he was. I imagine the headset conversation with Whipple and the coach is like, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. He's getting killed. Yeah. If we don't have any chance of this it's thing. Long season. He has eight man. more games to worry about. Yeah. All right, simple coaching search watch. Kansas up 28-14 at halftime on Houston. Wow. Wow. Now that's now think about it. They were, guys. They were dogs. Think about it, guys. That's coming off a win at West Virginia. Okay. Now that's Kansas, uh, uh, one of the wor- absolute worst programs in the country two years ago. Last year, they win at Austin. They push Oklahoma to the limit. This year, I mean, they start off, I mean, their second game, they're beating West Virginia. If they beat Houston today, Leipold moves up the hot board. Well, then they have Duke next week, who's undefeated. So how about this for next week? Kansas and Duke in a football game with both teams undefeated, maybe. Yeah, but but Rob, what's, I mean, Leipold, Leipold's got to move up the hot board if, if, they, if they beat Houston. They were, Kansas was eight and a half point underdogs going into that game and he's doing they're a, taking care of business that's that's notable that catches your attention so they could way. be four and oh if it went over duke yeah when you watch week. that too i it's mean an 11 a.m game next week over duke okay so yeah so maybe nebraska fans should just head down there <laughs> on the off week <laughs> maybe all get, right get a little inside look there getting a lot of questions and comments about eric shenander mickey joseph addressed what do we do there no changes right now i mean What's he going to say? Yeah, we we parted ways with the coordinator, but are you on Eric Shenander watch right now? Um, are does that does that matter? I mean, like what? Of course it matters. What, so yeah. making Mike Dawson the defensive coordinator or Travis Travis Fisher. Fisher the defensive coordinator, what would that do in the grand scheme of things? I mean, they'd have to, sh- yeah, they'd have to shuffle things up. I don't think you could. I mean, Bush does have Bush can elevate into a positional coach too. Or? Bush, Bill Bush is a he's the coordinator he's a, he could take a p- defensive position excuse me yeah bill bush is a special teams coordinator i don't think you can move him is what i'm saying sean i don't i don't think you can do that you're right it, i don't know what you do you're kind of stuck yeah you can't bring in a coordinator mid-flight i mean that doesn't know the personnel at all mm-hmm. so f- forget that it would have to be in-house yeah it'd have to be in-house uh, now we've covered this, but just to reiterate, Dawson does have defensive coordinator experience. It was in 04, 05, 2004, 2005 at New Hampshire. So that was kind of in another Chip life. Kelly. It was in another life. You know? Ryan Day was the OC and Mike Dawson was the DC for Chip Kelly. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I get you. I get where you're coming from, Sean. I don't know. No, what I, good I, would it do? Questions are being asked, and, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I just think people want this to end right now. It's 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 tough. Uh, once again, a full stadium and to see a loss like this. I mean, it, it, it was a hard day, and there's still what four more home games left. Yeah. Now, you, I mean, if Nebraska, they're they're gonna play some teams that aren't very good on offense. I mean, Indiana is not gonna be like Oklahoma. You should be in that game. All right. You got to keep. You know, I know what Mickey's doing. I know what he's doing behind the scenes. I, I know exactly what he's doing. He's just continuing to pump confidence. He's not only doing it behind the scenes. He's doing it publicly. But behind the scenes, I know what he's doing. He's pumping confidence. Because you got to go in, the, in, in that Indiana game with a team that believes it can win. And it probably can. I mean, I know that sounds crazy to you guys right now. But Indiana's not a great offense. It's nothing like Oklahoma. Okay. They got to make they got to get some wins against some teams that aren't great offensively. It right? I mean, you should be able to hang with Iowa. Am I crazy? Iowa's only putting up 150 some yards of offense right. per game. Now, there's not many teams left on your schedule that you would point to and say they're bad offensively. Minnesota worries you. Yeah, with, yeah, it worries you. They're, they're gonna they'll run for 400 yards mm-hmm. with Mo Ibrahim. Yeah, and of Tanner course Warren. they worry it. I mean, Illinois worries you with Chase Brown. I mean, Chase Brown might gain might, might gain 250 well, yards in Michigan. Cor- Quorum's there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blake Quorum. Blake Quorum. I mean, all, any any team that has a good offensive line and running backs a big, big, big problem. So, so here's the thing with that whole discussion is Damn, you know, obviously just... Mickey Joseph was directly asked about that 
after the game and his quote was no i cannot see that right now that being um, any future staff shakeups he says i don't know if i will be able to see that tomorrow but i cannot see that right now he wants to see them so he didn't close the door on it no he didn't and so you, you know, can't this, this, what good would it do? I mean, it'd be the exact same thing as fire and frost right could now. Trev have it, would, it could breathe some life. In, right. Like you get Travis Fisher, maybe people buy into what Travis Fisher says or, or whoever it may be that they choose to, to replace Eric Chenander. If they make a move uh, that, that would be the, the reasoning to do it. In, in my so, opinion, this, to, this is amazing to, conversation to try to just, you know, get some, you talk about confidence I and mean, maybe that's, that's what it comes down to is get, get a new voice, get a new plan defensively. Uh, Cause what they're doing right now, we just talked about it's one of the most epically bad defenses we've seen at Nebraska. So yeah. you cannot continue status quo uh, and try to build confidence because those two things won't go together. It's a it's a remarkable conversation we're having right now that we're that we're talking about firing Eric Chenander in season. It, it's remarkable in that again, none of us saw it coming. It's remarkable in that there were people, there were some people that would say, "Sip, you think Chenander's had coaching material? Do you see how fast the the things can change in athletics. I mean, there that's why you play these games. I mean, you don't you don't you football is a strange sport to me because there's a long off season and there's not many games. So you can formulate a lot of things in your head that are basically fiction. You know, like fiction. <clears throat> Chenander's unit has taken inc- this is not fiction. This is true. Chenander's unit before this season had incrementally improved. And we just figured we just took for granted that the increment, the incremental improvement would continue. It's that that is complete fiction at this point. Mm-hmm. There's no shot that this defense will take a step forward this year at this point. You talk it's, about times where things change. I mean, I go back to like 06, Nebraska played in a Big 12 championship, and Bill Callahan was fired the next season in 07 after going to the Cotton Bowl the year before. Right. And Kevin Cosgrove's defense imploded that imploded. year. They, they were top 25 defense in 06. Yeah, we're getting harsh. There's just some harsh realities we're learning, you know, in this fan base. That there's no guarantees of anything. No. I mean, there's just no The money has equalized everybody. I mean, yeah, er- everybody in this league can hire good coaches now. They can build good facilities. And, you know, they can recruit mm-hmm. at a high level. And, the, yeah, you know, Mickey this, addressed that, by the way. And Mickey kind of, in a way, slipped up when when he, when he said, we need, we need to recruit better. We don't have, we don't, he said their skill, Oklahoma skill players are better. Then he backtracked because he had to. I mean, his theme is I got, he has to pump confidence into his guys. He slipped up there because some guys are going to see that and say, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- w- what about us? Yeah. If you're Trey Palmer, or right. Washington, Marcus Washington. Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah. wait a minute. You, you brought me here. Right. Personally. Exactly. And yeah. now all of a sudden I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not as good as those Oklahoma that's, guys, huh? That's, that's a fine line. Yeah. Charles brings up a comment uh, just now um, said strength and conditioning only goes yeah. so far. You need more dogs and talent. Well, strength and conditioning. I was told by a former lineman, a guy who played for a dozen years in the NFL that Nebraska's line play can largely be traced to the a lack a lack of strength and conditioning that the talent isn't bad but they're they're not they don't explode they don't explode at the snap now that's just an opinion but when a guy plays a dozen years in the nfl i listen to him i don't know i but it's not working I mean, whatever's happened is not working on both sides of the line not just the offensive line too defensive line they were just getting They've been getting pushed yeah. back two or three yards at the point of attack against every team they've played. Yeah. That that is a real problem. Yeah. And if you're wondering, Georgia Southern um, losing right now to UAB by 14 <sighs> points. The nightmare just in keeps the fourth quarter. Worse. Oh, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw. Are you West. sure about that? Are, yeah, yeah, it's 35-21 UAB with 151 left over Georgia Southern, and Northwestern lost today to Southern Illinois. Yeah, I, I think um, UAB, UAB's beating Georgia Southern. You got comfortably, and I want to say the game may not be over yet, but North Dakota was losing. This is wonderful. (laughs) So, like the power index pool of Nebraska's opponents is not (laughs) doing much for for any spin right now at all. Well, not like they have to worry about that, they got their own stuff to deal with. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's reset. If you're rejoining yeah, us, uh, you're watching Husker Online postgame show live. we got about 300 people watching us live right now. A little bit less than the, our previous shows. Obviously, um, circumstances have changed after a tough loss to Oklahoma. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, HuskerOnline.com, Robin Washett. Um, check out the website, Husker Online. We got all of our postgame coverage up on Husker Online. Um, you get a chance to uh, read Steve Sipple's postgame column, Robin's Five Things We Learned. I got my final taking grades up. Uh, also, uh, we've got a great deal going on. Sign up for Husker Online one year for $10. Uh, there's going to be a lot of news over the next 10, 11 weeks with the coaching ch- changes and search and all the roster things. I mean, we're really only in chapter one of what's going to be a very, very you know big year in Nebraska football off the field. Uh, so get on Husker Online, guys, and, and check it out. Are we going to talk about Urban Meyer? Good. That, that's that's, that's a hoping. good transition. That was basically the the game within the game, the event so, within the event. Brent Brendan Stye, who works for the University of Nebraska, um, was on radio on record on a Lincoln radio station KLIN and ruled out Urban Meyer on a sh- on a show on Friday. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first of all, please explain who Brendan Stye is. Former Husker, yeah, All American offensive lineman, and now. Now he works for the university as um, heads up their development office for fundraising. I'm surprised that that he would be a spokesman in that conversation. Well, he, he goes on radio and does a lot of stuff. I yeah. know, but I but I don't I don't care what he does. I believe I, Mike Schaefer um, is on there too. And, I'm, I mean, I'm it's a little like a roundtable. Yeah, show. I'm a little surprised that he would serve as a spokesman in that in that capacity. Um, I don't know how Trev would feel about all that. I mean. I wouldn't feel good about it if I was the AD. I'd say, hey, I'll, I'll handle the comments on our AD search, okay? Uh, I don't know that you have anything to do with it. Um, that That's what I would say. A lot of cooks in the kitchen right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think you need anybody. I, I mean, I don't get that. I don't really understand it. And and by the way, I'm not sure why you'd rule out Urban Meyer right now. That was a scene today. I yeah. mean, like the, the Fox Big Noon Saturday pregame show, you had people with signs, with T-shirts, like clamoring for Urban Meyer to come to Nebraska. You had Larry the Cable Guy going up on set saying, "He's, I got an open check for you. <laughs> <He did. laughs> and, and, come on, come on, hand. Herb. Yeah. Shook his hands. I have an open check for you. And like you could see Urban was was feeling it a little I, bit. I have a like question. the smile on his face, everybody's cheering him sure. on. Like Signs. He, he was soaking it in a little bit. I have a question. As bad as this is, I mean, if you're Trev Alberts, don't you think maybe I have to get the, the most experienced – coach with the best resume to fix this mess because we're, we're talking about i mean look, you're, you're talking about georgia southern losing the uab you're talking about northwestern losing losing to southern illinois this mess might be bigger than we even know now doesn't it make some just isn't it just common sense to say let's go get the most proven head coach out there who by the way doesn't have a job right now mm-hmm. am i am i crazy no, not at all. I mean, from a resume standpoint, Urban checks every box and then some, and probably more so than any candidate that's even in the realm of Nebraska's possibilities. Yeah, for yeah. I mean, he but, checks. I mean, he's better than ninety nine percent of the yeah, coaches yeah, out so, there. So that, he that's not the again, issue. Though. Yes, there's two issues in my opinion. It's yeah. it's the the other stuff with him. Um, obviously, is his off the field stuff and the way things sure. turn into total disaster in Jacksonville. Sure, but then um, you know, I think. Your your colleague uh, Tom Chatel even wrote this was does Urban want to take that on? Yeah, like what you just talk about how massive of a rebuild and task this is going to be to whoever is Nebraska's next head coach. Is that something at this point in Urban's life and career that he wants to do? Yeah. And I, I think that's a very legitimate question. One well, is is he going to shop other offers? Yeah, I mean this thing has a long ways to go. <clears throat> like there's going to be other opportunities. Arizona State could open up with Herm Edwards. I know the Pac-12. I don't know if he'd want to be in the Auburn Pac-12. could open up. Auburn. Yeah. I don't know if he wants any part of that though. Yeah. Well, now wait a second. Why would why would Auburn be any less enticing than the? They're about the. They are similar. Yeah. What now? You uh, gotta be careful. League, Sean. The league. <laughs> well, but, the Big Ten's the Big Ten. Man, it's a tough league. Yeah. Saban and Kirby Smart. Yeah, I'm interested in your reaction. Why Why Auburn would be a worse job than Nebraska? SEC West. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll uh, give you that. I 
Well, in the Big Ten, though, is going to get rid of divisions. Yeah. Pro, I mean, we think. Well, is the SEC going to get rid of division? In, in the SEC, they'll need to go to nine games, you would think. That that will change a lot once they go to nine in that league. Too. Yeah, I mean, Tom should tell Rob, you, I mean, he does raise a good point. And, and Sean, you raise a good point. Urban will let it play out. If he if he's interested in jumping back in, he'll let it play out. He's not going to jump into first job offer. He, why would he? What kind of money and buyout did he get from the Jaguars? I don't know. Don't know. And, you know, the way Ohio State ended abruptly. I mean, there's more to that Ohio State story that we don't know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, he retired, but it, I don't know how much more. I mean, it is. felt like he was forced out of Ohio State because of the Zach Smith situation. Mm-hmm. I think if you wanted to find out, you could find out about anything you want about it. I'm sure it's been written at Ohio State. But yeah, this this is a long, ongoing thing. When we were talking about you know, Urban Meyer being in town just kind of really added to the flavor. It did. And just, yeah, like I said, just the the whole <clears throat> scene today before the game and we want urban chance going on during the broadcast like i mean it was it was strange how it was very strange i mean yeah and what you're alluding to or what you alluded to earlier rob is he's polarizing Mm -hmm. now what does you guys feel from the nebraska fan base you guys pay attention to message boards and such more oh he's he's already board guy divisive like wait a second which one is it on Husker Online, they want Urban Meyer. Some do. Oh. Some are very staunchly opposed to it. And there are people that have already uh, taken their side of the fence on that one and are arguing face-to-face about or not face-to-face, but like head-to-head about it. Like it's He is probably, like you said, the most polarizing candidate out there just because of all that comes with him. From a football standpoint, he's as good as it gets. But from a character, and that's Trev's keyword from his press conference, there's a lot of questions there and about if, about if that's the direction Nebraska wants to go with this football program. I'm on the side of the fence that says you got to make him say no to you. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's the side of the fence. I, I mean, don't disagree. And I put in our tunnel talk this week, you know, I I had heard he's been dismissed by me from multiple people, not tied in uh, just people around the country. Um, he's been dismissed just what? like as a candidate here, like that he that he's not in play. But as we know, things could change. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just what? make him say no is all I say. Make make him say no. Put it out. Put an offer. And in maybe front he of told him. Trev that this weekend. He might have, but I mean, you have this incredible facility being built right next to Memorial Stadium, a one hundred sixty million dollar training facility where the operations will be. You have a NIL operation that's up and running at a at a high level. I don't care what anybody says. They've added a, a collaborative or a collect. They call a it a new collective. A, a new collective in Omaha with the tie profile that will that will raise a lot of money and Nebraska will be in great position for the next for the next head coach. You can sell this place to Urban and by the way you can pay him whatever you need to pay him. Mm-hmm. So there's a so don't money first, won't one, money won't be an issue. No, and you there are things that you can put in front of him that are legit. Those three things mainly money, training facility, uh and uh, NIL potential. And it's not even potential. It's there. No, it's yeah. working. Dollar Billy 98 said that Sports Illustrator reported that Nebraska, CBS did too, but you, on Friday on Husker Online, you reported already that Trev and Urban were going to meet. Right. So, like, I mean, that was on uh, Red Sea Scrolls by Steve Sippel on Friday that they were expected to meet or talk right. yeah. on Friday or Saturday, whenever it was going to be. But I'd imagine it was Friday because – the way those guys work on these shows, when the game's over, they they get the hell out of here. Right. And Trev, now Trev did tell us, he told the media core that just because he talks to somebody, it doesn't mean that person is a candidate. Mm-hmm. He could be, he could have asked Urban Meyer, now who, who, who do you like out there? And maybe at the end you'd say, Hey, now what about you? Would you, I mean, is this something that we could go forward with? That's what I wonder about. And that's something we'll never know, or we Dan- won't know. We might not ever know. And Dan Patrick gets a lot of blame for this, too, because Dan Patrick said on the air that Urban to Nebraska had legs. Uh, but our own Grant Hansen of Husker Online, uh, they they talked to Urban Meyer on Friday. They. Um, the students of the University of Nebraska, sports journalism class. And Urban Meyer said he didn't even know what Dan Patrick said. So there you go. I mean. Yeah. Take it for what it's worth. I Frost was the same way, though. He always acted like yeah. he never heard anything. But I think Frost heard a lot. Oh, yes. They they all do. Like they could say all they want. I don't read the newspapers. I don't read the articles, but they do. <laughs> they might not read it, but they have people that read it for them and give Their them a rundown about a what's being or... said. I know that's that's a fact. That's what people do. So uh, even if they're not like sitting down at their breakfast table reading the paper 
or scrolling through the Red Sea Scrolls, uh, they're 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 in tune with what is being said about them in the media. Final score: Penn State forty-one, Auburn twelve. That was in Beat Auburn down. at Beat Auburn. Down. Great win by Ryan Harson might be. Uh, That's what I'm saying. That job's gonna that that could be open Monday by the end of the weekend because their AD just got fired at mm-hmm. Auburn. Doesn't have an AD right now, <laughs> so there's a there might be a bigger mess out there. That's heartening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Taking questions here. Yeah, get some more uh, questions. comments, questions. Uh, 39 minutes here into the show. Uh, Nebraska, 49, 14 losers today to Oklahoma uh, by week. It's going to be weird. It's going to be quiet. It's going to um, be quiet. Very. Coaches are going to go out and recruit. I know that. Um, but they'll practice a few days. We're not going to get access. So we probably won't hear from a player or coach for 10 or 11 days now. So it, it's going to be kind of a long well, quiet process and they even changed up the once they do return to game week they changed up that schedule too so gone are the monday press conferences they moved it to tuesday, tuesday. officially so the the day off is now a full day off uh we, the weekly press conference will be on tuesday they'll do coordinators and players on wednesday and then mickey on thursday so that's a change from the monday tuesday thursday schedule from before uh but then yeah nothing during the the bye week um so Going to have a lot to simmer on over these next 10 days or so, uh, you know, before we actually get to hear what the bye week was able to accomplish and and if they feel any differently about their prospects. I'll be intrigued what the crowd will be like for Indiana because it's a bye week. It's a night game. It's homecoming. It's not really a meaningful night game. So Indiana's not going to bring people here like Oklahoma did today. North Dakota brought people here because it was kind of a bucket list game for their fan base. Um, the opener or the Georgia Southern game, they actually had a lot of fans here too. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. That game will be interesting. Indiana. Have they called every game a sellout yet? Or were there still no. a few left? No. They said all the non-con games were sold out, so but not, not Big Ten. That, I mean, could the sellout or could the sellout streak come to a close here? I mean, that, that's something else we could be discussing because mm-hmm. um, they haven't, I don't think they've announced all the, and maybe I'm wrong with this, but I, I don't think they, on those conference games, there's opponent tickets. I mean, they're sitting there like one and nine and, you know, there's a real, real possibility for that. Cause you know, the, the, the boosters and companies can only buy up so many tickets. You can What's only, the big red experience. Yeah, you can only donate experience. them to hey, the listen, experience. That red, game, red carpet. Within the program, that Indiana game's big. You need a win now. Yeah, I mean, come on. We talked about this. You you have to – you need a win to keep this thing from completely unraveling. If you if you get a win, you you keep maybe attention spans a little more, you know. If you keep losing – Especially coming off a bye. Right. Like you get two full weeks to just kind of catch your breath. Right. Focus on – whereas last week was just kind of a mad scramble right. where everybody's just – flying by the seat of their pants. Now you get two weeks to prepare for a opponent that is at least on your level, you know, <laughs> it is this is at the bottom of the big 10. Right. So I mean, the, the opportunity is there and there's it's not going to be an opportunities very often like this one. I know fans aren't interested in this conversation. I'm interested in it because, because I see the meaning this, this is meaningful. I thought these next two games were incredibly important as you get ready to go on the road because Think about now. Just think about put yourself in the shoes of a staff member, a coaching staff member. I mean, they, they these guys are competitive guys. If you keep winning, you have a chance to retain your job. At some point, if you keep losing, you know it's over. And then what? Then, then are you, you're I mean, looking for other 10, jobs. You're looking, yeah, you're looking for other jobs at some point in your day, or you're thinking about it. And any energy you put into that is energy that takes away from winning the next game. And it and the more you lose, the more energy goes into thinking about the future and not what's going on. Now, those guys are professional. I'm not saying they'll give up. They won't give up. They'll keep coaching. They'll keep recruiting. But it's human nature, 
right? We're talking about human nature. If I was at the Lincoln Journal Star and somebody came to me and said, look, um, in 12 weeks, um, we're going to be making a move and you're not going to have your job. But we expect you for those 12 weeks to still work as hard as you possibly can. I could nod my head and say I would, but would you? I mean, would you really put in what you were putting in be before that announcement? I'd say no, because I'd, I'd have to be looking for jobs, number one. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'd just be, you know, you'd just be sort of down. You're worried about selling your house at that point. Stuff, all kinds of, all kinds your of different things. kids in school. Yeah, you, these, got, these guys got families, most of them. Um, so Lance yeah. brings up an interesting point. He goes, guys, the program has been dead. It's been dead for 20 years before they're relevant. I, I disagree. I haven't been dead for 20 because years. the television ratings say something different. I mean, Nebraska well, records say something different. I mean, Nebraska's yeah. Nebraska still draws, you know, numbers of like a top 10 team on ratings right now. Um, and that's what's so intriguing about all this for as bad as they've played. People watch this team on television. I mean, it's it's how can you say it's been dead for 20 years? I mean, Pliny had a 70% winning percentage. Pliny went to three conference championships. Right. I mean, it hasn't it wasn't dead. It wasn't dead under Callahan. I mean, Bill Callahan's program wasn't dead. Riley went to a bowl game, you know, in 2000. I don't know. And maybe his definition of dead is playing for national championships, but Bo, Bo had a team in the top five. Right. I mean, they're no, this program hasn't been Riley dead had a team years. in the top 10. Yeah. This is. We're in a we're in a fix though, right? Now. It's bad. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, there's no no I mean, denying it's, that. It's bad. There's no doubt. Yeah, and certainly this is as low as the program has been in a long time. I mean, you could argue ever. I mean, you, you well, at the end of 2017. But at least then you, I mean, yeah, the end of that they that were was, getting blown out regularly. Yes, that was full blown like dead men walking. Yes, it type was. thing. Whereas now it's just the. There's so many unknowns with just the way that this has all gone down. That the fact that they fired a coach after three games, that you got an interim coach that you don't know what he's going to be able to do over these next now eight games, and then all the speculation going around. Like so, there's all these different variables that weren't nearly as present as they were in 2017. Whereas so that was one of those deals where everybody just wanted to rip the bandaid off and get it over with. We knew what the conclusion was going to be, and. To be quite frank, I think a lot of people just assumed by the end of the year that Scott Frost was going to be the guy. So there was that's true. You had Frost. There wasn't that much right. intrigue, and you had Frost unknown. hanging out there. Exactly. That helped. That helped because now think about it though, Rob. They after Northern Illinois in 2017, they got rid of their they got rid of their AD. Nebraska got rid of its yeah. AD. Now, so there's a yeah. huge unknown yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. there was a huge unknown just three games in. And they started working on Frost like right after that. Mm -hmm. Well, they had to hire an AD first. What? But people Nebraska out, had to hire an AD a first. A group of prominent people went out to watch Frost coach on the bye week for Nebraska. Yeah, I didn't know that, but they had to they had to get an AD in place pretty quickly. So they got Bill Moose in place pretty quickly, and then and then the whole thing after started. Ohio State. Yeah. Bill Moose came in the next day yeah. after Nebraska got beat fifty six to seven. But you're right. See, you know what changed? You know what changed? You know what the difference is from from now to compared to 2017 you had frost hanging out there so that that was sort of a panacea i mean it was okay well at least we have frost waiting in the wings probably that could that could that could rectify things now there's that big unknown we don't know who it is mm -hmm. you have no idea it could be any number of guys mm -hmm. so the onus is on the athletic director that's Absolutely. why urban meyer is so popular because like this would feel like yeah we got i mean we have a oh, chance God. at this guy absolutely and, and that Absolutely. It's kind of like a frost scenario from 17 where you have your sights on Urban Meyer because of obviously his body of work. Yeah, he actually had a little better chance to get frost. Yeah, than you just, do a little, Urban just a little bit. So yeah, we're yeah, we're in a fix. Boy, yeah, it's um we're in a fix, boys. It's tough. Yeah, Trev Alberts has a very, very difficult job. Yeah, it it's see, you know, and I don't know if here's a question for you guys. Did it get more difficult today? Or is it? Or is it just status? That quo? was worse than I think we anticipated. I, th I thought the loss was, but does it make his situation any different? Maybe it hurts the attractiveness of the job. Maybe it opens the door for things to get even more toxic around here. Like I said, if they're sitting at one and nine, one and ten at the end of the year. Uh, just imagine just kind of what the to the tenor of the fan base is going to be and what what those home game settings are going to feel like. I mean, today, the 
It was the, good. Today. The atmosphere was incredible. Once yeah. again, Sold out. you know, and the, the, the first five minutes of that game, it felt like Nebraska was compete for a national championship. And so like, uh, how much longer will that continue? So, I mean, that, that's what I think today changed was it kind of gave a glimpse of, of what could be where, you know, by the end of that game, it felt like we were at the spring game. It felt, like it, it, felt like it was the running clock in the fourth quarter of a spring game. And that was a regular season game against Oklahoma. Yeah, the bars done with our stories like yes. in the fourth quarter. The so bars that's getting, what's different for me. The bars really low. Now, I'm, I don't say that facetiously, and I'm not being disrespectful to the program, but whoever inherits this is is inheriting a really low bar. There's not going to be a lot of pressure from that standpoint. I mean, it doesn't look like it right now. Now, I wonder if there's any people commenting that say you guys are giving up on this team way too early is there are we hearing any of that no i mean i think people are pretty dejected i mean yeah you I think mean, about what the last six years everybody understands the reality this team's just not very good defense yeah i mean offensive line yeah. i mean go go down the list there, there's some highlights here and there but it's not nearly enough right now to think that nebraska is going to be competitive against the majority if not all of the teams they face well, going forward here's a question for you guys who are you picking indiana or nebraska I don't know if I'll pick Nebraska anymore at this point until yeah, until they prove it. I mean, yeah, I mean well, the Indiana is the one the one one team that you could maybe talk yourself into, but right now it's it's hard. It's a preliminary it's question because I know and, I, and it's a little unfair because I know you guys haven't looked into into Indiana nor have I. I I my right now I'm inclined to pick Indiana. I, I watched Indiana, Indiana beat Illinois. Right, I, mean, they've, I watched they've them got, for a half. They've got still. the best win out of any of those two teams. Yeah. North Dakota winning right now. Okay. So that helps. We got that going. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Huge, Huge comeback. Huge comeback. They're up 27-24 against... in the fourth quarter against Northern Arizona. Okay. okay. We have that going for us. Let's <laughs> the, tide, just, the tide's turning. Let's just cling <laughs> to some positives. There's one right there. <laughs> Try to get this Kansas game on. They're, they're up 35-14. That, uh, What's the score going now? Going back to that, though, with the Kansas situation, that – I mean – Going and winning the, assuming they hold on and win that game, when you're eight and a half point dogs on the road, and Houston's a good good football team, they're gonna Robin. be a Big Twelve team. If so, I mean, like that's that's notable, Robin. That's a notable. They just won at West Virginia. Yeah, I'm saying like they, they go to if you win back to back at West Virginia and Houston. Now think about what we're saying. That's Kansas. Think about Nebraska right now going back to back West Virginia and Houston. They, 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 probably no prayer. They haven't won three games in a row at Nebraska since 2016. Now, why? Now, now, how does that not make Lance viable? If you just think about it, that's Kansas going on the road back to back weeks, beating West Virginia, perhaps beating Houston. The fix Nebraska is in. We'd never pick Nebraska to beat West Virginia on the road mm -hmm. or or probably at home, and not and certainly not Houston right now. He's doing it at Kansas. This is only his second year. Okay, this is year two. Um, 35-21. I just got it on. My okay, so it's not over. They're oh, up by 14. Four, in the third quarter. They oh, just okay, scored. Quarter. Kansas did to go up by 14. Yeah, that, now they may not hold on to win that. I mean, Houston will make I mean, Houston will keep that game close, I guarantee it. But, I, you know, Lance Leipold, I think, is a guy that some fans roll their eyes at because he's not, he's not the sexy hire. You know, he's just a guy that um, I think is – he's not an Urban Meyer. You know, he's, he's not, not a Bill O'Brien. He's, he's not one of those big name flashy guys, but you cannot deny the job that he's done both at Buffalo and now at Kansas and Wisconsin Whitewater. And Wisconsin yeah, he Whitewater. Won six national titles. The guy wins yeah. everywhere he goes and he knows how to build a program. And yeah. so, I mean, if this, if this thing keeps going, that option is going to become he, more and more enticing by the week. He's Matt Campbell without that Fiesta Bowl season. I mean, they keep, you know, Matt Campbell. Oh, easy, Sean. Okay, easy. well, Matt Campbell and him had a Division three resume that were identical. Yeah. Mount, I mean, they were both from the same school. Mm -hmm. They both went to Mac jobs, and mm -hmm. they both had great success at Macs. Now Lance is in the Big 12 building Kansas. But but he hasn't got it far, no, as no, far no. along as Campbell. He's Cam. on a no. Matt Campbell trajectory. Okay, I'll give you That's that. That's a better way to say it. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, you know, Campbell has set – Iowa State's been like a seven and five team most years. And now here's where we can provide some level of insight. Okay. Now, Lance Leipold hasn't told me he's interested in the Nebraska job, but he hasn't told me in those words. I mean, I've wrote it in tunnel talk. I've known Lance for literally 25 years. Um, interest, 
guaranteed take the job. I mean, he hasn't told me. I just know it. I mean, I, we've had discussions about it for, for many, many years. He doesn't have to tell me. He doesn't have to tell me that he's interested in the job. I know he's interested in the job. He'd take it. Um, now, he, I, just for all you Kansas fans, he, he, no, he hasn't said it. Um, he, he hasn't told me that privately or anything. I just know. I just know. Um, he, he, come on. I mean, Nebraska pay him a, a boatload of money if, if it came to be. Um, I don't know if Trev's interested in him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying he's getting in Rob. The discussion about Leipold, you can go from non-sexy to sexy very fast, right? You can. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So Kellen has a great question here in the chat about the coaching search. Would you prefer an offensive-minded or defensive-minded coach? Question. What do you think? It's a good question. I want just a head coach, like a leader, okay. a true leader. That will surround himself with great assistant coaches. Good answer, um, Rob. Yeah, you know. I'm the same way. Like, I, I don't think that you need the, like, the hot shot offensive coordinator or the like defensive minded guy. I think you got to you got to be able to do it all in this conference, and that's been proven time and again. And the best coaches in this league are the CEO types. You know that, what Lance Leipold is? CEO, CEO type. type, and that's what that, that's what they wanted Scott Frost to be, mm-hmm. and didn't work so i think that's the direction you have to go if you want to be competitive in the big 10 mm-hmm. and i mean you can try to I brand your program whatever way you want but then it comes down to it you got to have a coach that has his hands on everything and is overseeing all three phases and making sure that you're operating at a championship level in each great jeffrey sheldon i believe this is our friend jeffrey sheldon yeah, he says jeff. uh campbell is flatlined yeah I mean, well, there's a lot out, of people that feel that way. way. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the last season, with the expectations. I mean, they preseason top 10. like the Draft pick quarterback. Like, yes. I mean, you had the best dra- running draft pick running country. back. Like, I mean, you had everything there for that to be a special season. And right out of the gates, you lose to Iowa. And they were mediocre at best. And now, uh, you know, you just got to wonder, just has he plateaued at that job? I'm, I'm surprised at the lukewarm reaction that, that Campbell gets from the, for, for, I guess on our message board, mm-hmm. from people I talk to, it's not. He's low hanging fruit, I think. Yeah, Trev has he's to. He's the easy choice. I think Trev has to. Yeah. See, there's a, there's another good question for you guys. It's an opinion question. Just just Trev, should he care about that? Should he care about what the reaction is of the fan base? How much should he care? Well, maybe the reactions if if people close to him are paying attention, that could drive him away from wanting the job, like. Why would if he's saying God, if people are like already like not thinking I'd be a good coach there, why would I want to go there? Well, does he pay? Do they pay attention to that? Well, I don't know. Friends and people around him that want him to stay at Iowa State do. Maybe, maybe. Like, he, look at this coach. This is what they're saying on the Red Sea Scrolls about he, you. He's got a pretty sweet situation at Iowa State too. So I mean, obviously he's not making the most money, but he's safe. He still yeah. makes like over four. Yeah, I mean, so he's making good money, and there's very little pressure like they're not going to chase him out of there right no, now. like no he could have that job for the next 20 years if he, he i think you're right he's barry, barry fitzgerald there barry yeah. trammell the, the daily oklahoma i referenced a couple times but he said that on a radio show last this week last week this week i guess that he's virtually he's probably safe about no matter what mm-hmm. at iowa state now you come to nebraska you're not safe no matter what no nope. three years <laughs> maybe dave, less than <laughs> we're getting dave doran's name also mentioned yeah. mm-hmm. and you know who's on that staff john garrison and Ooh. tim beck that's right bring back beck. see tim beck back here bring back beck in the diamond Diamond the formation. Diamond I ball. love the, the old diamond formation. Oh, God, the diamond. That was a beast. <laughs> I love that thing. It was it was Amir Abdullah, Aaron, Aaron Green. On one side of quarterback. And then they had um Braylon Was it Braylon Hurd on the other side of the yeah, quarterback? So they, they would line. I mean, they had so many running backs. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're just gonna get them all on the field and call it the diamond. Aaron Green, Braylon Hurd, and Amon. No, not or excuse me, Amir. Amir yeah. Amir. And that gave I me mean, that era Amir. of the Big Ten, that they that gave people fits. Did it? Because yeah. they, they tried to personnel it and they didn't know how to guard yeah. it. Yeah, interesting. 
Yeah, you could you could get Tim Beck back here. The diamond. Recycle Tim Beck. <laughs> well, he was fine. Beck's offense has got oh, pretty good. He got pretty good. Yeah, they scored points. He coached Casey Thompson at Texas. He's been around, man. <laughs> Tim Beck has been around. We're connecting some dots here. Yeah. John Garrison, too. I mean, he's, he's a good line coach. Oh, yeah. He was really good. He brought the Davis twins here. Oh, Trev. I just keep thinking now, Trev, Trev, Trev's got a job now. I mean, he's it, it's on him. I mean, that's I that's what this game kind of means to me. Um, it, it feels like the pressure now is even more. That's what it means to me. Like with every loss get, like this, yeah. it becomes more and more critical that this works. Okay, and wherever he goes, happens. If Frost was coaching today, and they just went forward with him coaching this week, how bad would it have been today with him in there? Oh yeah. Well, you talked about it in a press box. It would have been ugly in the stadium for Scott. Booze. Yeah. Would have been it loud. was ugly Saturday. It would have been loud. Yeah. But I think people were shell shocked Saturday because the game ended on a missed field goal and mm-hmm. it just kind of happened point. so abruptly. Good point, Sean. This would have had a lot of buildup time. Ooh. Yeah, walk him trotting off the field. Yeah. I mean, if he's if he's in a game where the game is over at halftime, I mean, just imagine what that second half feels like. Well, it's possible we're not giving Nebraska fans enough credit for their decorum here. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they threw be- bottles on the field last week, though. They did. Great. Greg Peterson got hit by one. <laughs> Poor Greg. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, maybe. Love you, Greg. I, th- I think a lot of people would show restraint. I do. Yeah, but a lot of people. It only takes a few. A lot that, of people were done, yeah. and they were going to make sure that everyone that mattered knew they were done. I mean, there were booze already. Oh, yeah, and let's it be was clear. Already happening. Let's be clear. Th- those booze are fine. I mean, th- they have a right They're to justified. Boo. Yeah, they are. They are. Ron Brown set me straight on this, of all people, a couple of years ago. People are not only emotionally invested, they're financially invested mm-hmm. in this. They have a right to boo. They have a right to – Ron Brown, of, of all people, set – I don't know why I, – I shouldn't say set me straight, but he went through a pretty good spiel one time that really it really made an impact on me, obviously, because it was a couple of years ago, and I still haven't forgotten it, that fans that, that are are – complain vociferously and are sharp in their criticism have every right to do that. And right now they really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, they should, you can't expect everybody to be nice all the time. They they are invested. They're watching this. They invest their time. They invest their money and they invest. There's emotional investment. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, frankly, as a native Nebraskan, it bothers me what I'm seeing. I'm a native and it's part of my fabric and yeah. you just expect much better than this. Something that people care about this much should mm-hmm. not be this bad. Now, That's here's, really the they shouldn't be embarrassed about something that means so much. Right. And, and now I will say this. This loss is different because they Frost teams weren't getting blown out. Okay, now they got blown out. Now they got blown out by Ohio State in 2020. Right, but in the last 13 they lost well, the last 13 losses there was no blowouts. They were they kept playing. Now that's something that we have to watch by the way. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in 13 losses they've been blown out. Now how do they respond to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that cuz they haven't had to respond to that. Which makes that Indiana game yeah. that much more intriguing. Mm-hmm. After a loss like this, coming off a bye right. against a evenly matched opponent, we'll call it that Indiana how do they respond? Well, how, and you wonder, listen to Miles Farmer. I mean, that was salty today. Mm-hmm. He kind of barked back. He barked back. Like it was our fault. Well, yeah. yeah I, mean, he he was, I was like, wait a minute. This is not our fault here. <laughs> like, yeah. And he, he made a, he, he brought kept saying the, that we're not in the, in there in, in the locker practice. room with him at practice. Well, like, we'd yeah, come that's to why practice we're, if we were allowed to. That's why right. we're asking you questions. Right. Like we'd come if we were able to watch practice. <laughs> right. It got, it that got, have made it better. See, I thought that was informative. His reaction, very frustrated turned his anger toward us. Now, how much of that is going on? I mean, it could be going on a little bit more than we think. Now, well, we only hear he... from like two or three guys right. and they're captains. So they're like the most polished mm-hmm. out of all the players on the team. They, it was interesting that they brought Miles Farmer up to, to put him in, in that setting. Yeah. And, you know, we, we got a and little, the Nelson. curtain got, curtain got pulled back a little bit. Yeah, it did. It did. Garrett Nelson though. I mean, that was a sign too. that Ireland game how emotionally upset he was when they got beat in Dublin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a bad sign when you go back and look at it, how like dejected he was. When they lost well, the, the Northwestern game, I said it, I've said it a couple of times. It did a number on them, that, on them, that the locker room, as you heard, you heard the person that told us after the game, the North Dakota game that was in that locker room said it was a rough locker room. At halftime. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I'm going back to Northwestern. Um, at after the Northwestern game, I was told it was rough, a lot of tears, a lot of silence. 
And then that loss, according to Garrett, well, for Garrett, lasted into the week of practice for North Dakota, and someone, and you know, he had to pull out of it Wednesday. So it, that, I'm telling you that that Northwestern loss hit them hard. They they were a very confident team going into the Northwestern game, and they came out of it sh- shell shocked. I mean, just thinking- and I told you, I, I told you after that 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 game, and it was the practice. It was the Tuesday of coordinator availability, and I ran into Chenander outside the stadium, and I saw that fear in his eye. And I told you guys, I'm a little worried about that defense because Chenander seemed mm-hmm. visibly scared to me. Ghost white. Yeah, he yes. didn't. His eyes, you, I, I can see fear. There was fear. He didn't have answers. And look what's happened yeah. since not, since not, I. They look like a defense with no answers. Right. I mean, you just think of the everything's just been a disaster. And you think about it now, having to go to Ireland to play week zero, the Ugh. way that game unfolded, having to come back at like five in the morning. A bunch of guys morning, got COVID. Bunch of guys got COVID, but they got sick. <laughs> sick, a yeah. bug. They got a bug, and then they had to play North Dakota, and they barely survive. So rough. rough. And then they lose to Georgia Southern, and, and their coach gets they fired. Fire their coach, and here we are. I mean, and then they get, what a job. Then they I get mean, blown out of the water by Oklahoma. My God, with wow. with, with the uh, that's no, a lot. That's how many people watching? We got three forty right now. So. Uh, update on Kansas: They just scored on a running back fake reverse pass to a fullback for a touchdown. To Kansas go, to go up forty-two twenty-one. I win that game. Thought the play call was notable. All right, guys, time to wrap up. Um, okay. Any final thoughts? We got a long, quiet week. We will have a Monday night quarterback show, or not Monday night quarterback. Um, Monday night rundown show on the Husker Line channel. So I'll have a lineup on that, and we'll be on at seven Monday night. So we will have a show still here on the channel uh, Monday night as well, kind of recapping more of what mm-hmm. we learned, and we will still have a Husker Line podcast as well posted this week, but. Um, any final thoughts, Robin? Yeah. I mean, like we just talked about, there's these next two weeks are, if nothing else, going to be some of the most intriguing you could think of just with, with all that's, that's on the line right now. Um, for the, for at least the short term context of this season to where, uh, like you said, if this is their opportunity to salvage anything from this year, but if they come out and play the way they did today against Indiana and lose that game, Mm, things are going to get awfully interesting i'd say i just first of all i just want to thank everybody i mean that that's that's so interested and and takes time to join us um yeah i think this is going to be a rough road but you know we'll cover it best we can and uh see what happens i i uh i mean let's let's face it right now there's a there's there's hope because there's a job search going on there's a head coaching search going on so there's that form of hope um and you know every game takes its own shape and maybe it can get better one more kansas note for you sipple they're over under season win total was 2.5 today they're at three no hit mm. three weeks in the season oh i watched that i mean that's going to get a lot of people's attention that I got that, my that, attention that kansas houston game i was luke i was very lukewarm he will make the rundown on probably. the lance leipold but man they look they look good man yeah that's and again rob sean that's year two at Kansas, year two at Kansas. Okay? Add, add on to what he did at Buffalo. He right. built that thing into a Mac power. Yep. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. We enjoy doing this. We're going to keep doing it. Um, we'll definitely be here after the Indiana game postgame show. We're going to figure out Rutgers and do it somewhere in New Jersey. Um, God only knows. We'll, we'll find <laughs> a, a place. turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. Once again, we got a great special going on one year. $10 get all of our great content. We're new on the on three sports network for Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, our producer, Trey Anity. Thank you, Trey behind the scenes. I'm Sean Callahan.